I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Cohen. This is Political Beatdown. Stand on your business. If the Trump organization thought that it was conducting itself in a professional manner, if they thought everything was above board, Michael Cohen, as we were saying before, wouldn't you think that Eric Trump would show up and testify? Don't you think that Donald Trump wouldn't be begging Judge Ngoron in the New York Attorney General civil fraud case, <laughs> begging him for a break that he doesn't want to testify until he can try to challenge the gag order that has been reimposed because Trump wants to threaten the judge's principal law clerk. The breaking news before we started political beatdown is that we are learning that Eric Trump will not return for a second round of testimony with the defense lawyers, his lawyers, Trump lawyers, offering no explanation so far for the reversal. And just so everybody remembers, oh, he was- I, ha I have the answer. I have the answer. Michael Cohen? P P Professor Mycellus, may I answer the question? Yes, yes, Michael Cohen. He's an idiot. <laughs> he, he, would be an, he would be an absolute horror show for de for um, the, the defense based upon a, you know, on um, cross-examination. He would be an absolute nightmare because he's already in the first go-around, already implicated himself for lying under oath. So... You know, um, that's why they're not going to put him on. And you know what? Let's also not be shocked if we don't see Donald not appear either uh, next Monday, which is allegedly what Chris Kyes uh, had said that Donald will appear for. I don't believe that he will. I think what they will do is try to finish up that they will each that each side will offer its summation and post summation while they're actually even working on that, they will be rough drafting the appeal because that's exactly what they expect is going to happen, that they'll appeal on as many issues as they possibly can. Uh, so much went on today that you just need to laugh at the ineptitude of defense counsel, the three of them, Chris Kais, Alina Habadabadaba, and also... Um, Whatever the idiot, the third guy's name Cliff, is. Uh, Cliff Roberts. Uh, Cliff Robert. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't even remember his name half the time. He's sort of like this non-existent, you know, he's almost the way like, uh, what's his name was the uh, the lapdog would sit there uh, and Boris Epstein would sit there at the table for the, uh, for the Manhattan District Attorney case. And he basically didn't open his mouth to say a word. That's kind of like Cliff Robert. So people may be confused. They may say, look, I thought Donald Trump already testified. Eric testified. What is this second testimony that's being referred to? They were cross-examined by the New York Attorney General's office. So the New York Attorney General compelled them to show up by way of subpoena. It wasn't voluntary. They were compelled and forced to show up. And normally in these situations, what you would work out if you were representing the Trumps or the Trump organization in a case like this is you would say, look, I don't want them to come twice. They can show up once. So why don't you allow us? This is what the defense lawyers would normally say in a case like this. We'll call them out of order. We'll do the direct examination first. You could do the cross examination and then they don't have to appear twice. 
So that deal was not worked out. And I found that to be very odd from the outset because any competent lawyer would make a deal like that. And the New York attorney general, even if they objected to that, the judge would ultimately have said, no, Absolutely. no, no, this makes it makes sense. Have them come in for a direct exam. Then you can cross-exam. Get it all in, you know, in in one sitting. So then the New York Attorney General calls Donald Trump. They call Don Jr. They call Eric, and they're on cross-examination. So then after cross-examination, then the defense lawyers, Trump's lawyer, Eric's lawyer, Don Jr., they would then have the ability to then do direct examination or redirect examination. Mm -hmm. It would have to be within the scope of the cross-examination. But on a bench trial like this, the judge would allow I'm them, allowed I'm almost to. certain, to go outside of the cross and ask all of the questions that they needed to ask in one showing. And so they didn't do that. So that caused me and you, Michael Cohen, to ask back then and just say, put aside all of the other BS and MAGA-splaining that we hear all the time. As I said at the outset on this show, stand on business, right? If you believe that the Trump organization is this all-powerful organization and you were diligent and all of these things and everything was above board and all of these things were so valuable, why would you reject the opportunity to have direct examination where your own lawyer can walk you through everything and you oh, can explain it? Oh, to oh, I got the answer to that one, too. All right, Michael Cohen, you are a good law student. What, what's, what do you think is the answer, Mr. Cohen? Uh, the, answer is, <laughs> the answer is because they're still stupid. Hey, first of all, here's something that happened today. You may have seen they had a guy by the name of Lawrence Moen, uh, who is legitimately probably one of the top three, if not the top real estate broker in Palm Beach County, specifically in that area. I think he sold 10 or 12 out of the 15 most expensive house on uh, houses on South Ocean Drive in that area, each one over 50 million. The guy is a beast. He knows that market incredibly well. And so this to me is, again, it goes to show you the level of ineptitude and incompetence by defense counsel. So they call him to the stand. And again, Trump's goal in calling him is to provide a valuation on Mar-a-Lago. He thinks that he's going to win this case by showing that Mar-a-Lago is worth, as he likes to say, at least $1.5 billion, right? What somebody would be willing to pay. Well, first of all, that's not the answer that they got today. On top of that, other things that they got, you cannot compare an apple to a watermelon. And that's what you're comparing when you compare, for example, Mar-a-Lago to a residential home. Donald may call it his home, but it is not his home. It is a social club that does not have an R1 real estate uh, zoning to it, which would be like residential one. It has a commercial one zoning um, to it, meaning you cannot live in it as a home. How he's living in it, you're not supposed to be allowed to live in it for more than I think it's 10 days out of every year, but he lives there 
for what reason they gave him the ability to do it, I don't know. But that doesn't make it his home. No more than if you stayed at a hotel for the year. It doesn't make it your home. Well, you can call it my home, but you don't own it as a residential fee simple absolute property as you do the others. On top of that, he certainly didn't value the property anywhere in the ballpark of what Donald was even talking about. So what sort of a witness did he make? The best part is Judge Ngoron turned around and he said, I don't understand this line of questioning. On top of that, the funniest thing is that this guy, Moen, actually picked up his cell phone while he was on the stand. His father called, and he just also, everybody's like looking around. The phone was ringing. He picks it up. It's his dad. He goes, Dad, I'm on uh, I'm a trial right now. I'm on the stand. Can I call you later? I mean, that that's an absolute fucking no-no in any court, regardless of whether it's civil, state, or federal court. I mean, that's just... That's just a bad thing to do. And they tell you to shut your phone off. But putting all that aside, it's the judge wanted to know the line of questioning in that how does this line of questioning pertain to the improper filing or usage of personal financial statements that are overinflated? And they couldn't give the answer. But he said, you know what? You guys just keep doing you, you be you, keep going, because he wants to limit the extent of the appeal that Trump's lawyers are going to bring the second that they get the decision um, by, you know, by Judge Ngoron for how much money that the Trump organization, Donald Eric, Ivanka, and the other named defendants are going to have to pony up. The thing that I'm most curious about is whether or not that that judgment, that that decision is going to be joint and several. That to me would be a very interesting, interesting um, part of the of the case, whether or not you could hold somebody like a Jeff McConney responsible for 250 to six, seven hundred million dollars or as part of it. That, that would be very interesting. And what Donald does, I think, would be even more interesting. I think we're going to get that order, too, in the lead up to the Washington, D.C. federal criminal uh, trial that special counsel Jack Smith is prosecuting. That case is set for trial March 4th of 2024. I think that this order will probably drop right around Valentine's Day of 2024. I think Judge Ngoron has a bit of a sense of humor to him. So I think he'll drop it right around that. And I think it's going to be an extensive order. He's, to your point, Michael Cohen, he's making it appeal proof. So he's not limiting even the ridiculous, absurd stuff that Donald Trump is even belatedly trying to introduce. These ridiculous PowerPoint presentations that Don Jr. is going through, you know, all of this, you know, testimony that is not relevant to the very surgical issue in this case, the fraudulent financial statements, the fraudulent financial valuations that Mar-a-Lago, if it was a residential property, Michael Cohen, you and I have both said, sure, you want to say it's $150 million to $300 million as a residential property? Okay, bet. I can go and buy that. But it's not a residential property. It's a commercial property. There is a deed. 
that says and is signed that it will forever be used as a club, as a commercial property. The Trumps devalued it to pay less property taxes. And That's so that why- they could convert it and that so that they could convert it into a social club because he did not want to keep it as a primary residence. What he wanted to do is to get other people to pay for it through what's called bonds. Anybody that is a member of a golf course or a social club, in this specific case, the numbers range from two hundred to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars per member for a membership bond, depending upon what year. Early on, it was like two hundred to two fifty, and it's moved all the way up to three fifty when he became president. But Ben, if I could just jump in on something, uh, you brought up the United States District Court um, for the District of uh, Columbia. We're talking about the Washington, D.C. Chutkin case. Interestingly enough, Salty, if you have it, can you throw it up there? Pre-screening forms came out today. A friend of mine actually got one, right? So he says, well, I guess I'm not going to be a juror. I said, well, why not? So he goes, well, they're going to say, is there anybody, you know, that, you know, that could be, um, you know, questioned in regard to whether or not you could be fair and impartial? And his response was, well, you know, I've been friends with Michael Cohen since 1984. Yep, you're gone. But it's very funny because this went actually to prospective group B juror. Now, I don't know whether or not that means that they've also sent out for prospective group A. I suspect that they have, yep. that this is the second wave. So they're not they're not fucking around now. They're moving forward on this case quickly. And this case will actually take precedence over the Manhattan District Attorney's case, as stated by um, Alvin Bragg. If they do go forward, they will allow this case to go first. But what I thought was interesting is this the very first line here, Ben. This pre-screening form is being sent to you to determine your availability to serve as a juror for a trial. As part of your service for this trial, you may be required to report on Friday February 9th of 2024, to complete a juror questionnaire. This juror questionnaire will be used by the parties and the court as part of the jury selection process, and it is different than the online juror questionnaire. When completing the juror questionnaire qualification online, please indicate in the general remarks section your reason for requesting to be excused. Please read enclosed jury summons in its entirety. A juror qualification questionnaire will be automatically generated if an online questionnaire is not received within a required time. Um, blah, blah, blah. A juror, um, please do not call to request one. The trial selection for which you will be completing the online juror questionnaire begins on Friday, March 4th, 2024, and the trial may last approximately three months after jury selection is completed. This is all very interesting information, simply because we know that March 4th, that this case, regardless of all of the delay tactics that Trump and team will try to do, Judge Chutkin has absolutely no patience for this and has set in stone that this case is starting on March 4th of 2024. And again, that's the reason why the Alvin Bragg Manhattan District Attorney case, which was slated first 
for March 24th of 2024 will probably be pushed back uh, to a later date. But it's all good with me as long as accountability is served on a dirty paper plate with plastic utensils. And the wheels of justice are turning in the right direction. A few key points in that Washington, D.C. criminal trial with uh, that's set to start on March 4th of 2024. The key witnesses are people who worked for Trump, are Republicans. One person who started the Freedom Caucus, Mark Meadows, Donald Trump's former chief of staff, another key witness is going to be Donald Trump's own former vice president. It's going to be Pence. You're going to have Donald Trump's former lawyers testifying against him. The majority of the witnesses will be Republicans, staunch Republicans, people who consider themselves conservative, people who worked for Donald Trump. That's one point that I wanted to make. Also, why Judge Eileen Cannon in the Southern District of Florida? Why her incompetence matches her corruption or her incompetence exceeds even uh, her corruption is by her scheduling that trial and screwing up all the deadlines. She has that trial date for May of 2024, but there's no real chance that that case goes May of 2024. You mentioned the Manhattan District Attorney case, which is slated for that last week as of right now in March of 2024. So the likely events of what will happen, Judge Juan Mershon has not moved that late March trial date for the Manhattan District Attorney case regarding Donald Trump. So I think what will end up happening is you'll have this three-month trial in federal court in Washington, D.C. for Trump's attempt to overthrow the results of the 2020 election. That'll bring you to May or June. I think by mid-June, let's say the latest, I think we'll have a conviction of Donald Trump. I do think that Judge Chutkin will remand Donald Trump into prison. She's no nonsense. She showed she's no nonsense. I think she will. But then what happens right after that? You now have Donald Trump as a convicted felon. I think Judge Juan Mershon does what's called trailing his trial until the end of the Washington, D.C. trial. So then you go right into, I think, let's say a July to August trial for the Manhattan District Attorney case. And I think that one ends up going next. I think you get a conviction of Donald Trump in that matter by late September, even early October. I think Judge Cannons gets kicked to 2025. I think the Fulton County case gets kicked ultimately to 2025, although I'd like to see that case go sooner. Then ultimately, I think that the Fulton County case gets tried in early 2025. And then I think you have Judge Cannon after Donald Trump's now been convicted of felonies in uh, federal court, in Manhattan State Court, in Georgia State Court. I think Judge Cannon then, you know, for all purposes, she becomes basically entirely useless. I wouldn't be shocked if before then, when she actually has to make a ruling, not these paperless minute orders she's been doing, she'll be reversed by the 11th Circuit. They may even remove her from the case after making egregious errors multiple times. She's been avoiding that by avoiding making rulings that can be appealed. But I think that's the sequence of events that have happened so far. And Cohen, you and I have been pretty on point on the sequence of events. And I know everybody out there 
would like this to move quicker. Me included, Cohen included, but this is moving with some of the best prosecutors in the nation. Other than Judge Cannon, there's no better judges really to have than Judge Chutkin in the Washington, D.C. case. I mean, the order she issued end of last week rejecting Donald Trump's motion for absolute presidential immunity and other constitutional immunities. Her order was one of the most brilliant legal documents I have ever read. Her historical, textual, structural arguments and explanations rebutting each of Donald Trump's points and then making it very clear. This is a criminal matter. You're a former president. You're not a king. You don't get absolute immunity. Yeah, they said you're not entitled to a get out of jail free card for the rest of your life. What made that decision so powerful, and I concur with Ben completely, it is a well-written, well-thought-out, not, not from the gut-hip reaction type of a decision, but it was a well-thought-out document. And the reason why it took obviously longer than I guess people expected is because this is novel. We have never had a former president of the United States with 91 counts, with four indictments, two impeachments, a criminal assault conviction, and a fraud conviction on his company. It's just never been had before. We've also never had a former president claim that whatever he did and whatever he will do in the future, that he is entitled to this executive privilege immunity, something that Alina Haba has just been spewing again and again and again and again. And it's just not factually based. It's interesting that it is an argument. And again, it's an argument because it has never been tested before. So of course, you know, it's an argument that is a first impression. So it needed the time in order to um, have, you know, Judge uh, Chutkin uh, come up with the decision uh, that she did. It's fabulous. Now, the only one thing I'll push a little bit back on you, Ben, is Judge Eileen Cannon. You know, do I think she's incompetent? Uh, I'm not so sure. I think she is a staunch Trump supporter, that she's willing to violate her oath as a federal court judge for the purpose of finding in favor of Trump's motions and Trump's requests. I'm not so sure that means that she's incompetent as much as I believe that she's biased. And she's biased to the detriment of the Department of Justice. She is endemic of why most people do not have faith in our Department of Justice. And that's a terrible thing to believe that the the Department of Justice, the, the group that runs the way the laws are, are handled, that people don't have 100% faith in them. Forget about 100%. I don't even think you have 25% of Americans believe that the Department of Justice is not corrupt or biased. No good for American democracy. Well, here's the thing, though, why I say that she's incompetent. Because do you and I agree? that she's trying to help Donald Trump and to try to help him by blocking some of the other cases. Would you agree with that premise? 100%. 
I agree. So if she was competent in doing that, the way she would have went about doing it in a more nefarious and competent way, she would have actually set her trial date early. And then she would have kept on continuing her trial date to try to block the other trial dates. And by her setting her trial date to May, and this is where I think her incompetence came into play, she thought she was helping him out by moving it. But what ended up happening is Judge Chutkin saw exactly what went down and said, okay, March is available. We're going to do the case involving the overthrow of the 2020 election. That swoops in right there. The Manhattan District Attorney lawyer, Judge Juan Mershon, he sees what's happening and he goes, I'm not going to move the trial date. I'm going to trail. So then Judge Cannon goes to the end of the line when if she was competent and evil, she would have went to the front of the line and then kicked it. Now, for those saying, Ben, don't give her help. She's already screwed that up. It doesn't make a difference. She's already at the back of the pile. However, I would would just turn around and say that I don't believe she thought that either the District of Columbia case was going to be ready for uh, trial, ready to file the note of issue, nor do I believe that she thought that the Manhattan District Attorney was actually going to be uh, filing as well. And they, you're right. It's her incompetence as far as the scheduling goes. Um, each one of these four indictments have to be heard. The only one thing that I will say to you, just as a reminder in what I had read off, it's 90 days is what the judge is giving in terms of time for this trial to be presented. But it's 90 days after the impaneling of the jury. So all of the stuff that's going on right now, that's just to pick a ton of people, a hundred people probably, who would make the cut to be questioned of Wadiard by both uh, the prosecutors and defense counsel starting in February. So once this group of 100 is set, they will bring them in in terms of groups of probably 20. Uh, and they'll do it over five days. And each you know side gets its preemptory challenges. Uh, others will end up you know, getting dismissed for other various causes, and then they will whittle it down. I suspect that the voir dearing of the of the jury that's going to be impaneled to hear this case, I su- I suspect it will be at least at least one month. So all of the numbers in terms of you have March to April, April to May, May to June. Let's really look at July. All right, and then it gets started, and then of course, as Ben accurately stated. This thing is going to go to appeal once the jury comes back with a decision of guilt because it is an easy case to prove. It's very much like the New York Attorney General case. The documents speak for themselves, and there are no witnesses that are going to be able to rebut what is in front of your face. You know, Donald likes to say, don't don't believe what you see. Don't believe what you hear unless it's what I'm telling you to see and what I'm telling you to hear. That's how he thinks. You know, and that's where Judge Chutkin would have the opportunity, though, to let Donald Trump out or upon a conviction, that's where she can remand him into custody pending sentence. She has 
that opportunity right then and there when there is a guilty, uh, when there's a conviction in the Washington, D.C. case. One of the reasons, though, why these notices are going out right now to prospective jurors is because they realize that special counsel Jack Smith's team realizes that Donald Trump's going to try to do everything to derail this. So you start early, you send out the notifications now that you may be a prospective juror, then you get the questionnaires sent to you, which pre-screen and then you bring the various groups of jurors in groups A, groups B, group C, group D. And in federal court, unlike state court, the voir dire process, the jury selection process is heavily conducted by the judge. The lawyers have involvement as well, but there's far more involvement of a federal judge in these cases than in state courts because if this was a state court jury criminal case, that could potentially go on for months and months and months with all of the various challenges. But Cohen, I think one month of actual selection from the time jurors arrive is probably about right. It may be slightly shorter. I really don't think it'll go that much longer than that. And then we're going to have, you know, in that April, May time period, one after another. Pence is going to show up. Meadows is going to show up. You're going to have Trump's former lawyers who told him that the election was a free and fair election and warned him that he was a committing that he was committing crimes. That's going to um, be introduced into evidence. And then special counsel Jack Smith made a filing today of what's called 404B evidence showing that he's introducing extrinsic evidence that is not being admitted as character evidence, but to show kind of common plan, knowledge, intent, other uh, things. Donald Trump's support of the January 6th insurrectionists, Trump's support of the Proud Boys, Trump making music with the J6 choir, all of that going to Donald Trump's intent. I want to show that filing um, and I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about a lot of other breaking news. And I got to show you these photos, Cohen, from this. um, I thought it was a Halloween party, but it was the Christmas party at Mar-a-Lago. You're going to want to see some of these photos. Not only did I see it, I commented on it and it made Vanity Fair, I'm sorry, it made Newsweek. We will talk about that after this quick break. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Maid's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver-infused fabrics inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. 
Miracle sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets. And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one, just in time for the holidays. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com beat to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our live listeners. Save up to 40%. And if you use our promo BEAT, B-E-A-T, at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. That's great. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash BEAT and use the code BEAT to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's TryMiracle, T-R-Y-M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash BEAT, B-E-A-T, to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one on this holiday season. Happy holidays from our friends at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you that the celebrations are starting early this year? It turns out the perfect gift does exist, and who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders in the blow the waist grooming? Keep calm and let your family jewels jingle this season with Manscaped's brand new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, featuring the new Lawn Mower 5.0. Watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com and use code BEAT for 20% off plus free shipping. Unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. The Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra is an incredible device. It's a smooth shave that's totally boosted my confidence in a way that I never thought possible. Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0 Ultra is the ultimate bundle for the man who deserves it all. Included in the special sack is the Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra, the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and Nose Trimmer, Manscaped's Liquid Formulations, and two free gifts. Starting with Santa's number one helper, we have the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. The fifth generation trimmer features two next gen blade heads, a standard trim blade for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go for that smooth finish wherever your heart desires. The Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker 2.0 Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate presence. Plus, both are waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. The Crop Soother Aftershave Lotion and the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafe Deodorant make sure that you're smelling fresh. The gift of Manscaped doesn't stop there. This bundle comes with two free gifts, Manscaped's Boxers 2.0 Premium Underwear and the Shed 2.0 Toiletry Bag. Once you're done shaping up, it's only right to put your pants presents in the best boxers around, the Boxers 2.0. These are seriously the best boxers I've ever worn. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BEAT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped and use code BEAT. Manscaped, get your family jewels ready for the holidays. Welcome back. Political beatdown, Ben Micellis, Michael Cohen, and we are live. Special counsel Jack Smith filed a government's notice pursuant to federal rule of evidence 404B earlier today, basically saying that he intends to introduce a uh, wide array of evidence 
not to show defendants' criminal propensity, because you can't use character evidence as a way of showing criminal propensity to act in conformity with that character, except there are exceptions. You can use it to establish motive, intent, preparation, knowledge, absence of mistake, and common plan. And there are some bombshells in this filing as well. For example, on page three, it talks about how evidence of the defendant and co-conspirator's knowledge of the unfavorable election results and motive and intent to subvert them. And it talks about uh, text messages that special counsel Jack Smith has from November 4th, 2020 of a Trump campaign employee with numerous attorneys supporting the Trump campaign day operations at TCF Center in Detroit, where votes were being counted. In the messages, the campaign employee encourages rioting and other methods of obstruction when he learned that the vote count was trending in favor of defendant's opponent. Um, there is also uh, evidence that special counsel Jack Smith wants to introduce about Donald Trump's uh, praising of some of the most violent insurrectionists. All of those interviews, all of those clips that we show here on political beatdown, including Donald Trump praising the J6 choir, Donald Trump saying things favorable about Enrique Tarrio and the Proud Boys, saying he's going to pardon the insurrectionists. All of that will be introduced as evidence. And the reason that special counsel Jack Smith had to file this is you have to give um, notice in advance if you intend to introduce um, things that could otherwise be construed as character evidence, which would not be admissible in order to kind of preview this with the court. So all of the things that are setting this up for trial are all happening right now. The yeah. jury selection, the notices are already going out. You're having like here with this filing, the contours of the trial are being set and all of this takes time. And that's what we're doing right now. And, and so unfortunately, it's going to take till March. But fortunately, in March, special counsel Jack Smith's team is going to be very prepared and very streamlined. What do you make of that, Michael Cohen? It's, it's a shame that you know the evidence that they have today that they have cataloged. And don't forget, you're talking about millions of pages of documents. It's no different, for example, if not even greater than what Judge Angoron had said when he denied defense counsel Kai's and Robert and Haba's um, motion for a directed verdict. And he said, there's enough documents and witnesses to fill this courtroom. Imagine how much more documents and how many more witnesses will be there for this um, specific DC case. The point being that these cases needed to have moved quicker. And I applaud, don't get me wrong, I applaud the manner to which that Jack Smith moved expeditiously, but to get Jack Smith even the ball in this specific game, it took Merrick Garland an exceedingly long time. The same thing holds true for Alvin Bragg, who could have brought the case about 10 months earlier, that was when Cy Vance had left the office 
uh, and not seeking re-election. It could have been done because the documents and the witnesses, they all have already provided the testimony and the documentary evidence that was needed to hold Trump. Nothing, in my opinion, would have changed had Bragg brought the case earlier. But again, you know, it's, I'm not the district attorney, and he obviously had reasons for why he wanted to take it as um, slow and as carefully as he has. Here's the beautiful part, my brigaders. Each and every one of these cases, it's my fervent belief that Donald will be held accountable for each and every one of these 91 counts. That's my firm belief, because I believe that each and every one of the DAs, whether it's Jack Smith on the two cases, Alvin Bragg, Fonnie Willis, I believe that they really did their homework. This is kind of like having an A paper, and then you go back a few days later and you review it in order to make it even better, which it's basically impossible. So they really have strong evidence both documentary and testimony. Well, here's who's fighting special counsel Jack Smith's team, the Trump legal team. They threw a party uh, for Kimberly Guilfoyle. She had Gargoyle. a Christmas party. She was celebrating the fact that she was on the cover of Impact Wealth magazine. There it is right there. And uh, Impact Wealth magazine is for uh, billionaires and family offices, very relatable right there. Here is Alina Haba and Kimberly Guilfoyle partying it up there. Here's another photo of Marjorie Taylor Greene, Alina Haba, Kimberly Guilfoyle uh, right, right there. And here's, uh, do we have that other photo of Kimberly Guilfoyle that was that was taken there? Oh, wait, um, oh, there's my, oh, there was my response. Salty, can we go back for a half a second on that one? What do you think, folks? Give me a big blue heart. If you're like, who says silicone doesn't affect the mind? These three are out of their mind. And then here's the other photo of Kimberly Guilfoyle right here. I mean, these are... Uh, you know, very, very, very relatable people, huh? And, you know, it's a big middle finger to all of the people in the United States, working class people, that they engage in this uh, conduct. And grifting and then, money from each and every one of them, grifting money, and she's bedecked as if she's Morticia Adams? Come on. Here's Donald Trump, uh, I think it was the day before at Mar-a-Lago, saying that uh, he doesn't throw many events at Mar-a-Lago because there are very important documents that are still there. Here, play this clip. Thank you very much for being here. But we have, uh, you know, they wanted to use the place. So they said, Jeanine, how did this happen? How did this happen? This place is packed. We love everything you stand for. Very, very special. And we don't let people use Mar-a-Lago very much. And uh, because, you know, as you know, we hold very, very important documents. We don't let people here at Mar-a-Lago often because, as you know, we hold very important documents here. Michael Cohen, what's your response to that? Listen, like I said, why are we questioning who or what Donald Trump is? One thing that you get from political beatdown, you get from the Midas Touch Network, from mea culpa, you get from this political beatdown. And, if, and you know, um, I always talk about Patreon. Those of you that can, uh, we are making that a real 
fun community. And sometime within the next couple of days, uh, Ben and I are going to set up that stream yard so that we could spend uh, private time with those of you who are Patreon members. But one of the things that I have consistently said, I haven't changed my tune when it comes to this. Donald Trump is the single greatest threat to democracy. And I'm watching as like Liz Cheney and others. Uh, okay, I get it. She put out a book and I, I wish her the best of luck with it. I happen to be a Liz Cheney fan. I don't like some of the policies that she had, but I like the fact that she stood up against the entire GOP, cost her her seat, stood up and she said, bullshit, this is not American democracy. This is not what the GOP stands for, and I'm not going to stand for it. And she was probably the biggest critic of Donald Trump during that impeachment trial. And I give her a tremendous amount of credit for doing not like what, uh, like uh, what's her name, Caitlin Collins the other day had Bill Barr. She was talking about Bill Barr again on CNN. I don't understand this shit, and I'm hoping that somebody here can explain it to me. But Bill Barr only came out and said. I told Donald he lost the election 17 days before Donald had to vacate the White House. What about all the things that he did, including the unconstitutional remand of me back to Otisville because his master, that fucking lapdog that he is, went ahead and he went along with the entire shtick. All right. That's exactly. Look at all the things that Bill Barr did while he was attorney general. He should not get a pass. Not until he comes clean and testifies, like the way Mike Pence is doing it. I, I'm not a big fan of Mike Pence. I never was, not even when I was you know, um, involved with Trump. I didn't really like him. I found him to be very weird. Um, but I will tell you that when it came to what Pence is doing, I give him more credit than I give Bill Barr. But for whatever reason, Caitlin Collins just wants to give all of this credit to Bill Barr. So I, whenever that happens, I just shut CNN off. I go straight back to MSNBC or NBC or ABC or some other place. I'd rather I'd rather watch you know House of Villains than to watch them talking about Bill Barr as a decent person who should be invited back to polite society. I totally disagree. What we're facing is a democracy in peril, and not because Ben Micella says so. Not because Michael Cohen says so. Not because, again, we talk about it on the beatdown, the Patreon. Not because we turn around and we talk about it on Mea Culpa or any of the other programs that you will find on the Midas Touch Network. It's because we are repeating for you in a concise and organized manner. We are repeating for you what Donald himself is saying. And I've been saying this literally since my first appearance before the House Oversight Committee in 2018. I've been turning around and I've been saying the same thing, that Donald is a threat to democracy, that if he loses, there will never be a peaceful transfer of power. I went on to say that he wants to be an autocrat, the Fuhrer, the monarch, the supreme leader, the king. And just, okay, again, I'm happy that Liz Cheney is talking about it in her book, but We've been saying this for now three plus years. So I'm finally happy that it's getting some pickup by cable news and mainstream media. He wants to rewrite the Constitution. We talk about this all the time on this and other programs. He wants to execute Mark Milley. 
He's already said he's going to jail his um his, the uh, people who he has uh, vengeance towards or who had irked him. He's already turned around and said that he's going to disband uh, the tripartite system, no judiciary, no legislature, all uh, power conferred upon the president. And now he's even gone so far as to say that he wants to jail for treason the president and CEO of MSNBC and take away the uh, the airwaves from MSNBC, claiming that these are free airwaves that MSNBC is using. None of which of any of this is true. None of any, none of this, no other president before Trump or at least one after the 46th president thinks this way. He is, he's alone in this absolutely ridiculous ideology of what he wants to do to American democracy. Trump's former advisor, uh, Kash Patel, who would be expected to be the CIA director if Trump disgraces our nation again, said that, quote, we will find the conspirators in the government and the media. Yes, we are going to come after the people in the media. And then he said, this is not empty language. We will really do it. They are telling us who they are. I want to show you one more clip of one of these Trump events right here. So you can just see what's going on in Mar-a-Lago. Here's Donald Trump. I, I think they're dressed as, as I don't even know what they're dressed as, but yeah, bunnies here. What do you notice in this uh, photo? Trump with a group of women there dressed, however, however they're dressed. Um, and then I'll just want to show you the next one here of President Biden and his wife, Dr. Uh, Jill Biden, you know, and President Biden, somebody who there they are right there putting up a Christmas tree in the Oval Office, a loving couple. They love each other, a family oriented couple. Um, President Biden, someone who goes to church on a weekly basis, but doesn't put that in anybody's faces. He understands there's a separation of churches. They, and, and, and that, And this is someone who the right wing and the right wing uh, people who have the evangelicals attack, you know, attack the family oriented man who goes to church with a, in a loving relationship who cares about his family and praises an individual found liable for sexual abuse who brags about sexually assaulting women who talks about hookers and getting peed on in speeches at high schools that. <laughs> Make that make sense, Michael Cohen. Well, you cannot. But Ben, do you remember on top of all of this, Stephanie Winston Wolkoff, who was a close personal friend of Melania's, actually worked as her um, as, as her communications director at the White House, turned around and said, and it's, she has her on a recording saying it, who cares about the Christmas? The Christmas is so much that's going on there. And I don't care. Who gives a fuck about the Christmas? I mean, this is Melania's own words. I mean, I can actually speak to Stephanie and see if I can get that recording. Because if you use that in a Lincoln project or a, even a Midas Touch Network type of an ad that we should start putting out, could you imagine you got the Bidens doing the Christmas tree themselves? There, I mean, it's like you're right. A bunch of a bunch of our, uh, you know, of our followers were making comments. Wholesome. That's the right word. The other one is trash. It's it's trash shit. 
all of a sudden, uh, you know, I have the people, they go ahead, they make the trees, they put the thing underneath, and they do everything that they're supposed to do. And he goes, but who gives a shit? I don't give a fuck about Christmas and so on. Really? Really? And then you're inviting dozens and dozens and dozens of your sycophantic followers who are, you know, providing you with millions and millions of dollars to your coffers, but you don't care about the holiday? So then don't do a fucking Christmas tree. How about that? If you don't want to celebrate a holiday, don't do it. And nobody's nobody's saying you have to. I mean, you know, they didn't get a dog. Every other president has had a dog. So don't put up a Christmas tree. But then again, you can't hold upside down the Bible and talk about two Corinthians. Right? You know, yeah, look, character is... You know what? Melania. Melania. It's... You get the two-finger fucking salute, all right? Shame on you. Shame on you for everything that you're standing for, for going along with your, you know, with your fake husband's bullshit, all right? All for the money. Fuck you, all right? It's wrong. What you did to Stephanie Winston Wolkoff was wrong. What you turned around and you bullshit. The American people, I don't give Chris, I don't give a fuck about Christmas. Okay, then don't do it. But this bullshit and this lying to the American people and grifting off them. I mean, we've all seen the videos of her smacking his hand away, the looks that she gives to him, knowing that he's, you know, fooling around with all of these people, you know, that that are by his side. None of them have the ability to represent him properly. But look, they all wear short skirts and they have, you know, they have good legs and good figures and the hair extensions and so on, you know, congrats, Donald. You're a, you're a real, you're a real winner winning. You know, look, character is so important, uh, in leadership and to say that Donald Trump doesn't have a modicum of character would be a gross understatement. I mean, it, it is so important for, our kids, our grandchildren, our families to have people in leadership who we respect, who, who, who we admire because Donald Trump is such a vile, sick and disgusting person. You have to have a situation where the MAGA Republicans will lie and say anything about president Biden. Who's a good man. I mean, just, you may disagree with his policies. He, I don't, I agree with him, but on most issues, but not all issues, but he's, he's a good and decent man who cares about our country, who's yep. devoted his life to public service. You know, as you were mentioning Lincoln project there, you know, they, they put out a new ad recently, um, that shows how, uh, in cognitive decline, Donald Trump is. And of course, Donald Trump is so easily baited by that. So Trump put out a statement that these videos of Trump that are actually Trump are artificial intelligence. And he calls them fake television commercials because everything to Donald Trump is fake that he doesn't like. So so what I wanted to explore here, though, and, and the ultimate irony but Do you like the one thing that, Ben, just to jump in for a sec? You see where, Salty, if you can go back for a quick second, I want everyone to see right in the dead center there. Fox News shouldn't run these ads. I want to remind people on our last political beatdown, Ben and I discussed Univision, where they will not run Joe Biden ads. They will not run any ads that are by anyone that are pro-Biden. What he's looking to do, again, is to create state-run media. This, and this is the, the of an authoritarian. 
And it's the asymmetrical warfare that's taking place because the pro-democracy community, President Biden, would never put out a post, I am going to use the government to retaliate against media companies if you do X, Y, and Z. But if you do that from the bully pulpit of power, and look, Trump is the leader of the Republican Party. If you use, abuse your power to make those types of threats, which is fairly unprecedented in American history. That's something we see in totalitarian regimes. Media networks, they fold. They're scared or they want to be a part of the oligarchy. And the pro-democracy community is focused on what can we deliver for people? Can we get people better jobs? Can we focus on uh, improving people's health care and making it more affordable and accessible? And the pro-democracy gets, gets uh, raided where you have to be an A. You have to be a 10 of 10. If you miss anything because the MAGA Republicans block it or undermine it, you get blamed for not delivering 100% while the MAGA Republicans get rewarded for acting like totalitarian maniacs. And as I watch this, this, this post by Donald Trump here talking about AI, you know, I think about those NFT things that Donald Trump released and these photos of him. Can we pull up salty just some of these Trump NFTs right here? as Donald Trump is saying that actual images of him are AI. And then he's trying to say that these deranged AI images of him with six pack <laughs> that look nothing like him. He's trying to act like those are real. So we have those. Do we have any other photos of him, Salty? The one where he's holding the Liberty Bell. Do we Do we have that one? Um, there, there's another one of him as well. Um, as a but, cowboy, there's another one with him as a boxer. But, 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 but here's the thing, Cohen, that, that, that I started thinking about, though. And, I, and I, I hadn't made the connection, actually, until earlier today. And I may have said it, but I said, what do the photos look like in North Korea? And I was thinking about how South Park used to, you know, and, 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 uh -huh. would, you know, and we would mock like when Kim Jong-un would do ridiculous things. So I compared Donald Trump's images, the AI images that he makes of himself with North Korea propaganda photos. And so do we have some of these North Korea propaganda photos right here? Yeah, that's Kim Jong-il right there. That may as well be the same thing as one of these Trump trading cards. That's Kim Jong-il as well. Um, do you got the, the Putin photo of him on the, you know, on, on the horse? You know, it, it's these types of propaganda photos that we as a developed democracy, Michael Cohen, we used to look at that and go, that is some crazy stuff. That is some weird authoritarian stuff. We here in the United States wear a democracy. We have intelligent leaders. We may disagree on things, but we are a mature democracy. What Donald Trump has turned the Republican Party into is an immature, third-rate, fascistic party, whatever you want to call it, akin to what you see in North Korea. I mean, it is uncanny the tactics in every single way. And it is so important that we all here in this political beatdown community work to just get the message out. I know there's a lot going on. We just have to every day get to work, stand on business. Michael Cohen, what do you think? Right, so I'm going to make a, an appeal. And the appeal is one of the things that Ben, uh, who obviously uh, is more involved in the day-to-day of the Midas Touch Network. None of these shows are paid for. Uh, we are not 
funded by George Soros. We are not funded by left-wing propagandists, as Donald would like to tell you. Uh, if you are capable, you know, especially I would love to see everyone. And I'm going to be angry at you if you join us on the stream yard and you don't turn your camera on. That's assuming you have a camera attached to it. Some people uh, don't. But if you do, would love to be able to know who I'm talking to, to see our brigaders. That mean, would mean a lot you know, to me uh, in that way. Obviously, you all know who I am. It would be wonderful to be able to know who each and every one of you are. And I want to hear your questions. Uh, we'll try, of course, to get to as many as we can. The repetitive uh, ones obviously don't really help uh, for time management purpose. But if you are in the position to do it, I ask that you please join us at patreon.com forward slash political beatdown. If you are going to be in the tri-state area, uh, December 9th, I am doing a live mea culpa podcast. Please also go subscribe, listen, rate, and share the mea culpa podcast with the blue background. We're killing it. I mean, we're absolutely, thank you very much, Salty. We are killing it. We're doing great. Um, could always, of course, do better. So if you have not subscribed, listened, rated, shared, please do so right now. But if you are in New York, Katie Fang is going to be my special, special guest uh, for a live Mea Culpa podcast. Um, we will ultimately put it up here on Midas Network, the Midas Touch Network, uh, after it is done. Uh, so you'll be able to see it there. But if you are in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area and you want to come in for a matinee, it's two o'clock, uh, goes live, um, please, citywinery.com. Other than that, if you have not read Revenge, I ask you to do it. It is on par with what Liz Cheney is talking about. The only difference is mine is coming from the inside. There is nobody that knows Donald Trump better. There's nobody who has been damaged worse than Michael Cohen. All right. Your fellow brigader in this quest for the retention and the saving of democracy. There is nobody. I am the first political prisoner held by my country. In fact, one last thing. I filed for early termination of supervised release with Judge Jesse Furman here in New York. It's amazing. Nick Roos, the prosecutor for the Southern District of New York, one of the U.S. attorneys, puts in the thing, well, Michael Cohen lied to Judge Pauly, right? He talks about that in the documents. It is, and I don't understand why Furman just goes along with it. The probation officer that's assigned to me sent a letter in saying that it's not necessary anymore. I have not violated, not once, even when I was an inmate, when I was on home confinement, supervised release, never once. I have no restitution. I have nothing. Leave me alone. Get fuck out of my life. You know, I have given more than anybody from Mueller, seven congressional committees, uh, New York Attorney General, the Manhattan District Attorney, anybody that asked, I provided without 5K1. Leave me the fuck alone. How about the 700 hours I worked at Otisville and the programming credits? Nothing. I've got nothing. So hopefully... Judge Furman will do the right thing. If not, I think this one I'm going to figure out whether I can or I can't appeal it. A new video just dropped on the Midas Touch YouTube feed. GOP speaker lets it slip during press conference with stunning emission. 
here. MAGA Mike talks about how he wants to blur out the faces of the January 6th insurrectionists to try to protect and defend individuals who tried to overthrow our democracy. That's on the feed right now. Feel free to click on that after this political beatdown ends. I think it's a comprehensive video that discusses the situation there. Michael Cohen and I are going to do the after show right now, patreon.com slash political beatdown. We don't have outside investors here on the Midas Touch Network. That's one of the ways we build this independent media platform that I think is with your help, with this community, making a big difference to protect, preserve, and defend our democracy. Thank you all so much for watching Political Beatdown. Ben Micellis, Michael Cohen. We'll see you next time. Shout out to the Midas Mighty.